0: Billy Eilish, Bad Guy, Island 1069, W I I S West. Good morning, I'm Gwen Falosa in with you for It's Too Early. That's the name of the show, because it's always a little too early for me. We're broadcasting right off Deval Street in beautiful Key West, Florida, where the sun has returned. After a couple couple of rainy days but we're all good we're all good. I'm super excited to have my guest this morning. He's a part of the Key West Film Festival which is going on this week. He is a producer and director, a lot of works out there, but his latest is documentary Bernstein's Wall. It's about the classic music figure Leonard Bernstein. We have a lot to talk about this morning. Douglas Tarola, good morning.
1: Hey, thanks for having me here. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, I had a my first night in Key West last night, so people from here can
0: imagine how that went
1: well i
0: it's it's good there're good parts of that.
1: <laughs> it was great, and then you wake up this morning <laughs> sorry
0: but uh is this your first visit to Key West? I was here maybe about twenty years ago. It's changed a little it's changed a little um uh but no, I'm so excited to have you here Bernstein's wall this is a complex look at a at a Incredible figure, incredible composer and conductor. That's what, when I think of Leonard Bernstein, I'm like, oh, what's that story? Or he wrote a bunch of stuff. But he was a conductor at a time where that was a huge thing,
1: right? I think he became the first sort of people's conductor. He was, what I think is so important about him as a conductor, he was an ambassador for classical music. He did this thing that had never been done before, which was he went and turned from looking at the orchestra and would talk to the audience and therefore became this vehicle for people who might have been intimidated by classical music to have a way into it. And he would explain what the orchestra was doing and what the composers were thinking about. And that idea of talking to the audience really made him an international
0: start. I mean, conductor of the New York Philharmonic uh, became a household name because he was on TV a lot.
1: We have to remember his life started when there was only radio and, okay. and not everybody even had radio because it was expensive to have a radio. And then he was asked to be on a show called Omnibus, which was sort of maybe think of it as like a 60 minutes if they only talked about one subject per show. And he ended up doing several of these Omnibus um, episodes where he would talk about classical music about Beethoven what's the role of a conductor different things and that's back when there were probably three four channels at the most and so he became the face of classical music and then when he took over the Philharmonic he had been doing these shows for kids called the young people's concert and part of his deal was that they would find a way to have them televised and they were on CBS and that ran for 12 years and I think a lot of people a certain generation or more than one generation that's how they know him
0: now Bernstein's wall um can you tell us about the title I mean, it's a great title but what, what, what are we talking about here? well Bernstein's wall I should sort of I, I, sometimes I think
1: I should just say it's sort of like Rosebud from Citizen Kane or the briefcase Uh-oh. from Pulp Fiction <laughs> you can make it up yourself but what it was meant to be at first were two things one is the movie sort of begins and ends in Berlin first with the Berlin wall going up and then it coming down mm. but In his life, he talked a lot and used language about bringing walls down between people. A lot of his message or his philosophy was about music bringing people together and trying to to tear down these divisions, whether they were political, gender, race, um, where you're from, between people. So the idea is him tearing down these walls and then, of course, the walls within himself um, because he was a very complex person.
0: That's that's great. That's great. You've produced and directed a a lot of films. What drew you to uh, Leonard Bernstein as a subject? Uh, Did you know a lot about what did you know about him when you took this on? Well, my
1: my um, my sort of access to him was through my mom. My mom uh, had worked for a wealthy woman who had Philharmonic tickets. And eventually she moved from New York, this wealthy woman, to Arizona, and my mom asked her for these tickets if she could buy them. And she split them for a while, and then and then she, she gave them to my mom to take over the subscription. So I had an awareness of him. I came from a house with a lot of music, a lot of books. Um, and the other part of it really was set a certain – Moment in my life. I'm married. I have two kids. I've had a, a pretty good run of it in the working in film in different ways, and just taking um, an assessment of life and the world. And there were a lot of things in Bernstein's story that I related to, and his story was a way to sort of express myself in terms of of just life. Um, he he. I, I one time I was researching a movie about. Art about New York in the 1980s. And I was going to tell this story through E.B. White's uh, essay from the late 1940s called Here is New York. E.B. White, mm. most people know him as the author of Charlotte's Web. But he wrote this essay about New York, which sort of talks about people come to New York to dream and, uh, and, and follow their dreams and get lucky. And in doing that, I think I came across something that was probably like biggest moments of the 80s. <laughs> I saw this footage of Bernstein in East Berlin, the Christmas right after the Berlin Wall fell, so that would be about seven weeks, um, playing Beethoven's Ninth. And I I remembered it from a kid. It was televised around the world. And then I just did what I think a lot of filmmakers do. I think just a lot of people do, which is I went down the rabbit hole and just started, oh, let me look at this, let me look at that. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I got a book. And I would write down these quotes of his that I was really drawn to about, a belief in people, about how people can make mistakes and come back from it, about the balance between work uh, and your home life. And at a certain point, I went to my longtime producer, Susan Bedusa. We've made 15 movies together, I think six of which I've directed, uh, and said, I want to make this movie about Leonard Bernstein. I'm sure she had never heard me say the words Leonard Bernstein. (laughs) But I explained, I want to say these things, but the way to do that is we need to tell his story. Now, of course, his life is so... So many aspects to it. You could probably make a twenty-hour movie about him and you could, not touch everything. You could but we Burns. told our version of uh, Bernstein, which is following his life as he tries to answer the question: What's the role of art? What's the role of the artist? And and really focusing on his how his life related to politics and social change.
0: What was what was his big break? Or did he start out as a composer or no, musician?
1: That's a great question. He his big break was he was the assistant conductor to someone at the New York Philharmonic and nobody ever as he says in the movie nobody was the assistant conductor ever sort of emerged to do anything or ever perform. but it was sort of like an understudy and one day in the mid-1940s he Walter Bruno who's a famous conductor got sick and he had Burnside had been out late and he got this call you're on this afternoon and he took over and he did a great job and the next day the fact that he did this was a story on the front page of the New York Times and that set him off on a whirlwind of becoming famous at a very young age he was 25
0: that's amazing that is amazing, and um, one thing I did want to want to bring up because um, I, I I did some I did some reading, I I didn't know um, about his struggle with um, maybe sexuality. He was married to a woman. Was um, was he ever openly? Um, you know, I don't know if the I, word is gay. I just gay don't or think it, w- it
1: was a time. I mm-hmm. I think sometimes maybe if he if he was here now, starting his his life, maybe he'd have a husband. But mm-hmm. he was still a, he was a family person. He was very much influenced by his family. He had a. Um, a love-hate relationship with his dad that ultimately ended with appreciation for each other. Uh, and he, he did have a great marriage and three kids, mm-hmm. but he had
0: relationships with, with men most of his life. So he was a... a, a I'm just... I don't know, throwing this out there as a gay woman I mean he was okay with himself he he wasn't um... I,
1: I think it sort of builds into his as I like to say meaning of life which I know is a, co- a corny term you know he loved people <laughs> he loved That's all right. people and he connected with people in different ways he connected with them through his work and music he connected with people by teaching, whether it was in a forum for teaching or just sitting next to somebody, you know, know, at a party or at a restaurant. And he connected, uh, you know, with people with
0: relationships. That's great. That's great. And I guess, um, again, you know, Bernstein's so famous, even I knew about him. (laughs) little kid in Indiana. I'd heard the, the name. I didn't know exactly who he was. But we're talking about someone who was famous for a really long time and did so much work. How did he get into um, the musicals and Broadway and West Side Story? What drew him to that? Well, he,
1: he he always wanted to be a great composer. And he, he had friends that he knew from a young age that were also following this dream of writing on Broadway, um, Adolph Green and Betty Condon. And mm-hmm. they wrote... Um, a couple of shows together uh the the most famous one being wonderful town where you get the song new york new york it's a wonderful town from which then became a movie famously with uh gene kelly and frank sinatra in their sailor suits you know, dancing all over manhattan uh, you know and so he, he pursued that um he, he had a number of a number of shows but of course west side story being
0: the most famous Mm-hmm. And I mean, just um, again, this—he was a celebrity, and uh, and also I didn't know this. He um, was uh, very much into activism, and that got him into some con- at the time he, controversy. He, or- he, you know,
1: I think what he, he says is is that he, he, what he liked about being a celebrity is that he could lend his name to things and bring attention where he thought it was needed. And he gave a lot of speeches, or he just put his name on a poster backing something. But, you know, in the days of McCarthyism, that landed him in some trouble. Uh, He had his passport taken away. Um, But he was very active with, with politics and trying to create positive social change, you know, most of his life.
0: And he had this, um, uh, I mean, obviously, he protested the Vietnam War, which uh, I'm sure you know drew some criticism of of him uh, for that, and uh, you know, at, at a very divisive time. But also, supported the Black Panther Party. He
1: did, and when and when him and his wife supported the Black Panthers, they had a a party at their apartment in New York, famously um, referred to as "Radical Chic" by Tom Wolfe, who wrote an article for New York Magazine and and then became a book criticizing the Bernsteins were having a party where they had Black Panthers there and they called it slumming. And again, this term that he that Wolf came up with, radical chic. And he was sort of shunned. They were both shunned really by um, the, their social circle. And I think it, it contributed to the downfall of Felicia, his wife's health. And I think it also contributed to him doing more work outside of the country. Now, of course, you jump all these years later, and just this past year – um, Judas and the Black Messiah, which has a different uh, view of the Black Panthers, more similar to Bernstein's, a more sympathetic view, is nominated for an Oscar. So you could sort of say the the world caught up with his his view. But their party was really, it, it was about the Black Panthers, but it was about raising money so they could have uh, legal, a good legal defense because there were a number of Black Panthers, I think 21, that were arrested um, and were in jail for a while. And then... If, the charges were dropped um but that was it was really just to make sure everybody got you know fair legal defense
0: so he was he was he had courage he had courage to um of of not really caring what people thought of him at, at that time or he stood up for what he believed in he did he
1: he did stand up for what he he believed in um you know even though he talks about not caring about what critics think and other people i i do think he he had a view that he thought you know if he could articulate the message people would agree with him and 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 would admire him but he but he definitely took some headwind
0: and um also uh this the footage the archival footage you discovered where how how did that happen i mean this is stuff that hasn't been out there
1: well the 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 movie i think one of the things that that people are enjoying about the movie is there are no interviews it's told completely in his voice he starts the movie looking into the camera, talking about, essentially, think, he says, I'm thinking about dates. And he's thinking about dates in history. He's thinking about dates in his life. And he tells the audience he wants to share them with him. So he narrates this entire story. There was no audiobook. He didn't do a biography that was recorded. There's no five-episode David Frost mm. interview. It was really almost like going to tag sales in the Midwest trying to find things to piece this together. And some things were, were well known and we had to license them. We had to license everything. But um, you know, other things, yeah, you know, hadn't been seen. There was some footage that's in the movie that had been recorded as part of a, a documentary that had never been seen. It was just sitting in storage
0: great great and um, now one thing um well, first of all you you've been at uh, you've already been at tribeca film festival um, what, what else What Telluride. No, tell your ride tell your ride i mean you've been out there um, what's it like to be in key west have you ever been at the film festival here no i right. haven't but but
1: i'm friends with uh, michael tuckman and some of the people that run this it's a great festival it's thought of highly by filmmakers um, whether they can make it here or just send their films i mean it's a it's a perfect Community for a film festival. People that, I think, believe in art, believe in the power of art, mm-hmm. people who are artists, um, open-minded, and, and certainly for a character like Leonard Bernstein, it's a place where hopefully audiences will appreciate him.
0: And because I was trying to tell some people, um, even here, I'm like, the Kemos Film Festival, it's a big deal. It, it's... <laughs> It's, it's well known. Every people submit they want to be, the, and this year, I mean, your work and other films are these are these are potential Oscar winners. I mean, these are uh, prize winners. And have you um, had the, the time to see anything that sticks I, out?
1: I just got here last night, and I'll I'll I have my nice badge they gave us, and we'll start seeing movies today.
0: That's great. That's great. Because I, I saw the um, Brian Wilson. Uh, documentary and it's amazing it's 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 great i love documentaries why do we why do people love them so much you know i I think people want
1: want something that's real you know when a when a scripted movie is good it it reflects real life in many cases Uh, even if it's a sci-fi film the the characters you know reflect something that's within us and i think documentaries have become a way where people feel more in touch it gives people voice that maybe don't have a voice it allows them to speak more directly uh to the audiences It's, um, you know, it's, it's, I, it's still a movie and people love movies and movies can do incredible things.
0: That's great. Final question. I'm sorry. I'm keeping you late. Um, didn't know this, uh, Bradley Cooper has got something going on with Bradley
1: Cooper is a, is a big admirer and fan of Leonard Bernstein. And he's been trying to get a movie off the ground for years, a scripted movie about Bernstein and his wife. And, um, and I think they're going to start making that next year and hopefully will come out soon. And then West Side Story, Spielberg's readaption of it, um, I think is in theaters right after uh, Thanksgiving, maybe in, de- in December 10th or oh, something like great. that. And that will be exciting too. But I have a question for you. Where in Indiana are you from?
0: Oh my gosh, I'm from North Vernon, Indiana, which no one's ever heard of. It's in the, it's in the south, of, it's north of Vernon. Isn't it Indiana. near Evansville? It is, it is, Jennings County. I I
1: lived in Evansville for a while. I worked on a movie called A League of Their Own there earlier in life. The
0: the baseball movie,
1: the the women's baseball movie. I've heard of it. (laughs) They
0: shot that in Evansville. Good for them. Yeah, that must have looked because
1: it it looked like the forties.
0: Yes, that's Indiana. (laughs) <laughs> Doug Tarola. The documentary is Bernstein's Wall. Uh, check it out. And the QS Film Festival runs through the weekend. And um, thank you so much for getting up early, taking the time, and uh... well,
1: walking down that street, Duval Street, in the morning <laughs> is awesome. It is. So I appreciate the opportunity to talk about the movie. Thank you it so is. much.
0: Have a great day, Doug. Take care. Thank you. And thank you all for tuning in this morning. To it's too early. I'll be back. We're going to take a look at your headlines and weather forecast. But first, we're going to play a song. And this is Almost Monday. There we go. I'll pick, I get to pick a song sometimes. So this is like, I, I'm drunk with power at the moment. But this is Almost Monday. Live forever. Stick around, everyone. <laughs>